Hi, and welcome to Misplaced Faith. You probably know someone who left their religion. Often, when an individual makes such a decision, they're vocal about it. It's not uncommon to see a Facebook post explaining the reasons they left. If you're close to the person, they may have even had a personal conversation with you about it. It's quite possible that you've witnessed a dissenting member of a congregation take to the pulpit to declare the problems with the church or church leader. And of course, we can't forget militant atheists on YouTube and Twitter. In recent conversations, I've heard two different perspectives regarding individuals who leave religion, specifically the Mormon faith. An ex-Mormon friend of mine expressed the conflict he felt about his identity as an ex-Mormon. He says he's still in the angry ex-Mormon stage, and doesn't know if that's healthy or helpful to anyone. He wonders if he should just move on and leave the church in the past. On the other hand, a friend of mine who is an active church member wonders why ex-Mormons talk so much about the church. Why can't they just leave it alone? I get it, Mormons just want to know. Why are you so obsessed with me? Recently, and on more than one occasion, I've heard it said that ex-Mormons make that their whole identity. And I've been stuck thinking about that. Today I want to use that claim to explore the perspectives I've just mentioned. Why do people who leave the church continue to spend what seems to be a lot of time talking about it? Is that healthy and helpful, or harmful? And to who? And do ex-Mormons actually make that their whole identity? Let's start with the easiest of these questions. Ex-Mormons have a full identity that comprises several aspects of a whole person. They are not equivalent to their ex-Mormonism. One may point to something like this very YouTube channel as an example of me making ex-Mormonism my entire identity. However, this YouTube channel and its associated Twitter account are only a very small piece of a full life that I live. I have a job, hobbies, friends, family, and procrastination that take up a lot more of my time than this channel. When I started this channel, I was posting one video every week, and I just went months without posting a video. That hardly constitutes an entire personality. I realize I'm biting at a red herring when I take this argument literally, but I do so to show the absurdity of making that claim. Obviously, ex-Mormon is not a whole identity. So why do some Mormons say that ex-Mormons do nothing but talk about the church? For example, Newcomers, you may even see a few leave the church, who cannot then leave the church alone. Let these few departees take their brief bows in the secular spotlight. Someday they will bow deeply before the throne of the Almighty. Some of it is coming from apostates who had testimonies and now seem unable to leave the church alone. It seems history continues to teach us you can leave the church, but you can't leave it alone. Confrontive, except of themselves, of course. They leave the church, but they cannot leave the church alone. Like the throng on the ramparts of the great and spacious building, they are intensely and busily preoccupied, pointing fingers of scorn at the steadfast iron rodders. Considering their ceaseless preoccupation, one wonders, is there no diversionary activity available to them? Why are you so obsessed with me? Saying that ex-Mormons are just angry and obsessed turns the attention to the individual's anger rather than the reason they are angry. It's a distraction from the real topic at hand. It's an effective textbook deflection. 
I'm not going to get into the reasons ex-Mormons are angry in this video, but suffice it to say that there are several good reasons for ex-Mormons to be angry and for the church to avoid talking about those reasons. Deflecting attention from those reasons toward the anger ex-Mormons feel is probably the most convenient course of action for the church as they are a serious cause for concern. But let's talk about the anger itself. Is it appropriate to feel angry toward your previous religion or church? And how long is it okay to feel that way? These are some of the questions my friend had because he does feel angry, but he doesn't want to be an angry person, nor does he want to allow that anger to have negative effects on his life. Now, I'm no expert, and if you're struggling with your emotional or mental health, you should seek help from one. There is no shame to be had in meeting with a counselor or therapist, and working with someone who is trained to help you work through these kinds of crises can really improve the way you cope with these changes. That being said, allow me to share my opinion on the internet. Anger is a natural response to negative stimuli. It's what human beings do, and you don't need to be ashamed for feeling angry. When it comes to religion, the topic is so personal, so intimate, that it's practically a given that at some point, even if you don't leave your religion, you will feel angry about something in your religion. That's the nature of emotional beings. We get upset about things we care about. Especially when it comes to the common reasons people leave the Mormon church, it's likely you will be angry, and it's likely that your anger will be justified. And it's okay to be angry. It's okay to shout. It's okay to cry. And it's okay to spill that tea on Twitter, sis. The thing is, you're angry because of wrongdoing. Something is broken, and you want to fix it. And it's the anger you feel that is going to be the fuel for you taking actions that will make things better for yourself and others. So how long should you stay angry? There's really no number that can be put on that. If your anger comes in response to some wrongdoing, I suppose your anger is justified so long as that wrongdoing has not been corrected. If a correction has occurred, amends have been made, and the proper apologies have been given, it's my opinion that it's probably time to work through any residual emotions you still have brewing. However, and this is important, if corrections occur but no amends are made, no apologies are given, or misinformation or gaslighting becomes prevalent, the problem has not been resolved. And so long as the problem has not been resolved, the anger ex-Mormons feel will be the fuel that drives them to seek change. So how long should you stay angry? Well, let's just say I hope you're not angry for as long as I think you would be justified. With all this in mind, an ex-Mormon's past is still real and the transition to post-Mormonism is one that affects an individual in considerable ways. When an individual leaves the Mormon church, or any church for that matter, they leave a piece of their identity, a piece of themselves behind. They leave their culture, traditions, habits, schedules, core community. Often leaving the Mormon church can feel like losing one's childhood, can result in the loss of family relations and even opportunities for education. These are big changes for a person, and what else would you expect someone to talk about? Jenna Reese, author of the book The Next Mormons, wrote, that pain should make orthodox, all-in Mormons think carefully about the narrative that such ex-members are angry people. Of course they're angry. Of course it's going to take them a long time to build a life for themselves outside of the church they were always told should be the foundation of that life. Of course they're going to want to talk about that pain. 
It's only rational to expect someone who leaves their religion to talk about it and even be angry, hurt, or otherwise emotional about it. This is especially true with the Mormon church because Mormonism is such a big part of someone's identity. And that brings me to the hypocrisy of this accusation against ex-Mormons and how they make ex-Mormonism their entire identity, because Mormons literally make Mormonism their core identity. Starting with their now defunct international I am a Mormon campaign. I am a Mormon. I am a Mormon. And I'm a Mormon. I am a Mormon. And I was a Mormon. This campaign wasn't only a quirky short-lived fad, but has been an important part of the church culture for as long as I can remember. The first part of the statement is a self-assured, unapologetic declaration. I'm a Mormon. With the courage to always be recognized as a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's clear that identity is very important to Mormons, not just individually, but doctrinally. Not only is it a topic that has been talked about in official capacity by church leaders, on average, just the word identity appears more than three times in every LDS General Conference since the 1990s. Identity is critically important, if not central to Mormon doctrine. I think about the missionaries who don't even use their first names for two years, going by elder or sister. A Mormon mission is a pretty clear dissolution of identity, and without doubt, the most revealing part of the church concerning its nature. Mormon youth receive a patriarchal blessing in which they are assigned a faction, a backstory, a career, and all major personality traits that they will live by for the remainder of the novel. No, wait, sorry. It says here they are assigned to a house of Israel, told about their pre-mortal life, and given prophecy concerning their future church callings and spiritual gifts. Totally different. In the sacred temple ceremony called the endowment, church members are given a new name. Although this new name is not used in everyday life, it's kept as a sacred identity. Though I can't confirm this as official church doctrine, I remember being taught when I was younger that the temple name was the name that the individual went by in the pre-mortal existence. In essence, the new name is the individual's eternal identity, trumping the mortal identity. And what really is the iconic symbol of becoming a Mormon, baptism, is literally taking upon yourself the name of Christ. Becoming like him, having his image engraven upon your countenance, emulating him, killing your old self and being born anew as a Christian, but so much better than that, becoming a Mormon. If you think I'm grasping at straws here, think about the things I've shared. This isn't just church culture or a few bad apples. This is Mormon doctrine, taught every Sunday around the world and over the pulpit of the LDS Church's official biannual global conference. There are plenty of cultural aspects of the LDS Church I could have included, but I'm not interested in the idiosyncratic ways individuals live out Mormonism, as that could lead to running circles around a no-true-Scotsman argument. Instead, I prefer to tackle clear, central doctrines of the LDS Church, like this one from Jeffrey Holland. And that's why we take upon us his name, in as many ways as possible, both figuratively and literally, we try to take upon us his identity. Do ex-Mormons feel strongly about their liberation from the church? Sure. But that's a natural and understandable result of the circumstances. Do Mormons make identity a core part of their religious practices? Clearly. But I don't think it's uncommon for one to feel strongly identified by their religion. However, it does seem a bit hypocritical for Mormons to make any judgment based on identity preferences. Before you start casting stones at ex-Mormons for being obsessed with taking away your religion, consider this. The last category of criticism I will address comes from within the church itself. 
This criticism is more lethal than that coming from non-members and former members. If there were nothing to criticize, then criticism from the very membership of the church wouldn't be problem enough to mention in general conference. Perhaps the problem isn't that ex-Mormons are angry, or that they can't leave the church alone. It seems that the church has real problems that incite not only those who leave the church, but even active, participating members to turn their heads and ask questions. If you don't believe me, just give hashtag Twitterstake a scroll. This video wasn't meant to be a no you. What I'm trying to say is, if it's okay for you to proselytize and bear your testimony in public, then it's okay for ex-Mormons to talk about why they left the church and criticize the problems around it. As I always say, I'm not here to steal your faith or your religion. I don't have much to offer you on this side that you don't already have on that side. But I want to have honest conversation about the things you preach because if it's true, I better get with the program. But when I make a valid criticism of your faith, don't dismiss me with, why are you so obsessed with me? I'm misplaced faith. I'm a BYU graduate, a returned missionary, a YouTuber, and I'm an ex-Mormon. Thanks for watching. If you like this video, give it a like and subscribe for more content. You can follow me on Twitter at misplaced underscore faith.